on this episode of the The Sam D Podcast, I wrap up Game 4. This series is now tied at 2. Steph Curry went off in a major way, 43.7-14 from 3, and the dubs tie it up. Are the Celtics still the favorite? Is there any adjustments the Celtics could make to stop Steph from going off? Will we ever get a Jason Tatum game? Hashtag new media is back in the mix. Tyreek Hill jumped out the window with a hot take about his former QB and his current QB. Is it opinion or is it fact-based? We'll get there. What's more important to success as an NFL defense? Secondary play or defensive line play? Yeah, today is that day I had time. Jack Del Rio gets a 100K fine. Does it mean anything? I'll get into that and more with my guest, Corey of Not That Serious Podcast, all on the latest edition of the The Sam D Podcast. Primero de Mayo. Hello and welcome to the The Sam D Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Dusenberry Jr. Follow me on the Elon app. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the Elon app at The Sam D. That's T-H-E-E-S-A-M-D. Podcast is also up there at The Sam D Podcast, all one word. Podcast is available on all major podcasts and platforms, including the Purple app and the Rogan app. Subscribe and rate to the podcast. Five stars, nonetheless, tell a friend. For all content, audio, and visual, hit up thesamd.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Link is in the podcast description. Season 1 of Trash Narratives is up. Season 2 on the way. Musical production done by Mayfirst Music. Support him at soundcloud.com slash Music. Steph Wardell Curry finally gave us a game. Finally gave us a moment. All the blue check boys and the athletes, new media, are running around the timeline saying, I told you so. This will shut up all the haters. This is why Steph is him. 43 points, 10 rebounds, big three after big three. He was screaming at people in the front row in the first quarter. Steph Curry gave you a moment. It's still only 2-2, though. (laughs) So it's still only 2-2. He's averaging over 30. He's shooting over 50% from three. Yet and still, they could still lose this series. And to help me break down game four of the NBA Finals, he is from the Not That Serious podcast. Link to that podcast will be in the podcast description. He is Corey. Full disclosure, my cousin. But outside of that, he is a prime member of the Not That Serious podcast. Corey, welcome to the The Stimpy Podcast. What's going on? What's going on? Bro, it has been way too long. You've been one of my harshest critics at time of this podcast. Got it. You've also been a big supporter. And um, it's good to have you on here in this capacity. You've only been on here, I think, one other time before, right? I think, think when I had Mike and Julian on, right? Yeah, and I was kind of just like letting them cook with yeah. you. Know, that was an Embiid discussion. But this is really like my first time Dolo since the dog pound days. Man, if people don't know that them dog pound days, those are some wild days. Those shows were were 
insane. The stories that came out of that that incarnation of my career were crazy. You still gotta find that Mets rant. That was that's a that's a classic rant. Ooh, that was at that was that was at the radio station. Yeah, that was WGBB. That was in West Babylon, Long Island. I had the video. I got to see if I could rip the audio. I have the video. I'll see if I find it. I will tweet it out. It was a private link. The guy who shot the video has since passed on. Mm. But the last thing he sent me, which is kind of crazy, I guess before he got really sick, he emailed me the link and said, I just want to make sure you always have this. That was an epic. It was a link to that rant. That was an epic rant. As somebody who's not the biggest baseball fan, that was still very entertaining. And just just real quick, the backstory on that, I was late getting to the radio station. I was gunning it in my Durango, breaking all kinds of speed limit laws. And my co-host was on the air, basically filling time for me to get there. So he's trying to air out the Mets. And do we, we were going to do a Mets burial because the Mets suck. They have blew the lead to the Marlins. People who know, know. Anywho, so I'm driving crazy on the Southern State, no, Northern State Parkway, go doing about 90 in an old-ass Durango. Truck is rattling as I'm driving because that truck was not meant to go 90-plus miles per hour. And um, I pull up to the studio. I run in. I'm out of breath. And my co-host barely introduces me and just says, hey, do you want to bury the Mets? And I go on a winded like two minute tirade on the Mets. And then I throw it to a commercial break. And then I was finally able to catch my breath. But that, 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 I don't think it went viral, but it definitely got me noticed a little bit online of me just destroying the Mets in my own show merch, by the way, no, no show zone t-shirt in that video. So yeah, I will look for that. But yeah, th- those were the good old days. I missed those days. Nah, those were the good old days. And in that video, you, you, you still had on like a hoodie and a jacket. So I could just tell, you had just came from outside. Literally ran, I literally parked the truck, ran in through the front door. I barely had my headphones on to hear what my co-host was saying. He just lobbed it to me like an alley, like D-Wade to LeBron in that photo. And then I just went in. I just went in. I gave you all I had off the top of the head, nothing written, and just went in. Yeah, I will certainly try to dig that up. If I find a link to that, it'll be on the Elon app or in the podcast description. Those were the good old days. Uh, but yo, man, tell me what you saw, because this, this game, a lot of people are saying this was Steph's moment. This is, we've been killing him. I amongst them. I'm not running from the smoke. I've been killing Steph. You know how I feel about him. Two-time fraudulent MVP with trash-ass ankles. I've been killing him. He gave us a moment. I think clearly his most defining moment of his career. It helped tie up a series that they still might end up losing. But you, as a Warriors guy, as a Steph guy, more importantly, what did you see from Wardell in game four? No, I think I, he went Inferno in, in the garden. Uh, you know, obviously uh, in in Chase, uh, when he gets Inferno, it's crazy. And yeah. I witnessed that. Uh, he didn't go crazy, but I witnessed how loud it could get when he shoots last month versus, uh, versus Memphis. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, he shot 50% from three, 43 points. You know, this was a step moment that they needed because – Play is a shell of himself, as you know, I hate to admit it. 18 points, and we're we're just at the point where if he can get more than 10 to 15 points, we're okay. Wow. Because it's damning. That's that's very damning for Clay. The splash brother, that's very damning for Clay. So now you're just happy if he gets you 10 to 15. 
It is. And, and what I think is kind of funny is, as you like to mention, and you put me on to Wiggins as a fourth option, what we're not talking about is his timely offensive rebound. Yeah, he was a monster. He was an absolute beast on the glass. We had like 17 rebounds, some crazy shit, 16 rebounds. Yes, 16 rebounds, had three offensive rebounds, and I felt like all those offensive rebounds came in the fourth quarter. Like all those offensive rebounds were like huge in the grand scheme of things. He really picked up the slack for Looney, picked up the slack for the habitual nut hitter. Andrew Wiggins, I'm telling you, if Steph wasn't going crazy, A. Wiggins is your finals MVP. He's been the most consistent in terms of playing well defensively, and giving you enough offensively, uh, defensively, where it's like, wow, this dude really has locked in. He's made it hard for Tatum, and he's still giving you something offensively. He's being aggressive. He's not being Timberwolf, uh, A. Wiggins. He's being a new emerging fourth option that's elite, A. Wiggins. And yeah, man, if it wasn't for Steph going crazy, A. Wiggins is your finals MVP. Because granted, the score was 107 and 97. That game was a lot closer than what the score suggests. For sure. Yep. They had because yeah, I think they they were losing the majority of the game, and if Steph doesn't score forty three, they don't win. So it's like at all. That's yeah. why I'm not uh, as a Steph fan. I'm not confident that they can win this series because can he score forty three two more times? We've never seen it in in in, in this phase of the season. Well, it is the fact that they're going home. Does that alleviate some of the pressure? Because you like to think the other guys. Wait, no, it doesn't. Because Boston is a really good away team. They're not. Mm. They're playing t- t- tomorrow because they are good away. Right. And they, they've won there already. Horford has played well there. Smart has played well there. The others have played well there. I mean, you, you, you're, you're making a good point. I just wonder if you have two out of three. If you're the Warriors, you have two out of three home games. You have to win at least one of those. So the fact that the, the bottom line is, I think the Warriors win tomorrow. Then I think Boston forces it to game seven. Now all bets are off because now anything can happen. We've seen it before. We've seen it with these Warriors before, but they've choked and uh, choked away a game seven in the NBA finals. So to me, it's like, I don't think Steph has to give you 43, but I do think he needs to keep giving you 30. And the Celtics haven't shown any way to stop that. Like he's cooking Depoy. He's cooking whoever they put in front of him. He's catching Al Horford at Tusabe on the switch, and he's switch cheesing him up. So, yeah, I think Steph can do that. I don't think he could give you another 40-burger. I think the 40-burger might be asking too much unless he he goes, like you said, like another raging inferno, and he goes crazy. But Clay, I, I really want to tap into the Clay thing because I think Clay, I thought he played well. I think defensively he's finding his rhythm. I think that long layoff between the Memphis series and the start of this series really hurt him because for him, at this point in his career, he needs to be out there getting warm, getting loose. But I think with the way he's played defensively over the last two games specifically, he may not give you the three-pointers like you want, but he's giving you the defense. Like, he made stuff hard for Jalen Brown. Like, Jalen Brown was cooking, and he's going to get his. That clay forced. Right. So, but it's like, if Clay is now back almost, if he's 90% how he was defensively, but he's still maybe 75% offensively, is, is that, that enough to help Steph? I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. It, I, I, if it, pool is cool, steps up. Pool I think is important. It, I, okay, I'll say it's enough if the others can step up enough, like your pool. Right, right. Your pool, your auto porter, your right. 
I mean, how do you feel about the habitual nut hitter? He that's two back to back two point performance. Two point games, yeah. Like you, 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 I mean, there was an over under on him um, getting points. I think it was at nine. And I had someone trying to convince me how it was going to be a big Draymond game. And I'm like, how? Well, what makes you think this man can score more than 10 points? Like, the line is at nine. Vegas is daring you to be dumb enough to take it. I think he's, he stupidly, stupidly enough took it. Um, but, no, I think it's going to be on pool. It's going to fall to Looney. I think Looney needs – how Steve Kerr had the goal to take Looney out the starting lineup and start Otto Porter. They were getting destroyed. 52 points in the paint in game three. And his adjustment was, let me take out the only big I got that's healthy and put in another wing. He's lucky as hell. I see people are giving him props for, oh, he benched Draymond. That took guts. Da, 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 da. Like he rode that. He rode Steph all the way. What other choice did he have but to ride Steph? Who else was going to score if he didn't ride Steph the whole fourth quarter outside the first three minutes? Like, the fact that Steve Kerr is now catching all this praise for doing the obvious way, he made a blunder and put his team in a hole in the first quarter by going even smaller than they already are is laughable to me. Especially when it's not Kaminga. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, if you're going to take Looney out, I, I, don't, I wouldn't put Kaminga in instead of Looney. But if you're going to do that, then I would have put Kaminga in there instead of Otto Porter. Because Otto Porter at this point in his career is clearly a bench guy. Kaminga is going to be a future starter, if not a future star in this league. You could have dusted him off and put him in there and give him five minutes just to see what he's going to give you. Now, he might be fumbling, stumbling, and give you a couple of turnovers. Then, then, then you take him out and say, all right, that's why he's not playing. Then I will fall back. I'm like, all right, word. He was shaking the light. He couldn't handle the moment. All good. But the fact that you're putting Otto Porter in there when you have Kevion Looney, you're only big, literally you're only big, because Bielitz is 6'10", but he's not a big. I mean, it's it's really shaky. It's it, it it was a really bad moment, I think, for Steve Kerr. They won in spite of him. I know he's catching a lot of praise. To me, I think they won in spite of him. But tell me what – now, I don't, I don't know if you're going to bring this out because you said the off-air, you think the Celtics are still going to win this series. Yeah, because I think look, – look at the efforts that have to be done by Steph in order for them to win a close game. I think that, and I think the scariest thing about this series is we still haven't got a Tatum game yet. But if Wiggins is playing this defense, are we even going to get one? We might not get one because Wiggins is locking in. It's 2-2, though. We still haven't gotten that. We got twenty. We got 23 points off 23 shots. It wasn't efficient Friday night. I think, but, I, but I think that's him right now. He, he think he Kobe. That man <laughs> really think he Kobe, where he's going to put up Kobe-esque shots and shoot a Kobe-esque percentage. And he's got A. Wiggins sitting there, lock, well, not locking him, but he's really making it hard for him. And that's all you can expect from A. Wiggins is to make life difficult. And, you know, I think Jalen Brown's going to keep cooking the way that he was. I think the key is, is Marcus Smart going to give you something? Is Horford or Derek White or any of those guys going to give you something? Or Robert Williams even? Because Grant Williams has kind of fell back to earth, but Robert Williams has kind of, he plays well in the first half, and then the second half he normally disappears because I don't think his body is healthy enough I mean, to really give you a full four quarters. Yeah, he's limping up and down. So, yeah, Robert Williams can't give you that much. He can give you a half. So it really falls to can Marcus Smart be the third guy? And right now in their two wins he's been that, but in their two losses he hasn't been that. Because, like, you could get fooled by the 18 he had, but it was a quiet 18. 
it wasn't was on, impactful. It was on 18 shots. That's not impressive. Right. And you don't want Marcus Smart taking 18 shots. You never in your life, not even in college, would you want him taking 18 shots. So, no, I, I see your point. There, there should be a Tatum game. But if A. Wiggins is D'ing up like this, pause, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get that. I mean, He's going to put the shots up, but I don't know if we're going to get that 40 piece from him. I want to ask you a question. Sure. Do you think a team could win a championship with Marcus Smart as a third option? I want to say yes, but obviously the Celtics are in a position where they might be able to do it. But it's going to take their two being so crazy, like a Tatum game. You're going to need a Tatum game. And you might need another Jalen game. So when Marcus Smart gives you that 18 and he's locking up four dudes on one possession, then that helps that. Ideally, he should not. He should not be the third option. The third option is supposed to be Al Horford or Robert Williams. But because of injury and just Al Horford being old, now Marcus Smart now has to be the third guy. So he's, by design, not supposed to be the third guy. But in this case, he is, and they might win a championship with him as a third option, which is something... I would have never thought. Especially That's why they've been trying to get Kemba, Kyrie, and Isaiah Thomas because they know Marcus Smart is not supposed to be the third guy. Especially in January when they were the sixth seed. Right. They were fucking, yeah. Like they, they, at one point, they were 11th. Fucking 11th to now two wins away from a championship. It's, it's really scary hours out here with how the East has really fallen victim to wings. And these two wings, if they play like they're supposed to, they're hard to stop. As you said, like, this game was close. Even with Steph going crazy, this game was still decided in the last two, three minutes of the game. And that's where the Warriors put it away. But are you seeing something? Because you've been at Chase. So you know how, how it gets in there. A guy like Glove Jr., a guy like Jordan Poole, they're going to play better at Chase. Two out of three games is at Chase. You don't think that's enough to where it's like, all right, the Warriors are going to find a way because they have two home games and the others should, should play better at home. I think they should, but something something tells me that Boston is going to surprise us and chase tomorrow night. Mm. I think defensively, I think, I think as far as coaching wise, who do you feel like has been the best coach thus far? That, that halftime adjustment game one. Udoka. I, I, I will give it to him. I'll, I will give it to Mr. Neil Long. I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. But to be fair, though, I didn't see a lot of adjustments in game four because. But he alluded to that. He was like, there's no adjustment to Steph Curry. Yeah. But, but even still, though, <laughs> there, there is an adjustment. It's a small one. I'm sure he's thought of it. He's just not willing to do it. And that's you got to trap him every pick and roll. But he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to do that. He's clearly shown, I'd rather let Al Horford get cooked than to leave Clay and Poole and all these dudes wide-ass open where Steph just has to make one pass to a wide-open guy. Because it seems like whenever Steph hunts for uh, for Williams, they play like drop-back coverage. I never understand. Yeah, he, yeah, he drops on the pick-and-roll. Every time. Yeah, him and Horford. Horford, too. Horford was getting cooked. In game four, and that was surprising. Um, then whoever fouled him. <laughs> yes, yes. He got fouled a lot. He fouled him twice on threes. And Derek White also hacked him a couple of times on threes. So it's the, the pick and roll coverage is is really simple. Either you're gonna you're gonna hedge 
either going to drop, you're going to blitz, they're going to trap. It's just four options. That's it. And they've done three of the four, and Steph is averaging like 35 a game. They just haven't done the last option. 50% shooting. Yeah, he's shooting 50% and he's averaging over 30. It's like, yo, dog, you might have to try that fourth option. I know you don't want to. I know you don't because I wouldn't want to either. But if I'm getting cooked in the other three ways and it's a fourth way, then why not? So, look, I, I'm expecting at least one more Steph performance. Okay. I think he's going to have to have one to get this to seven. Um, He's going to have a letdown in game, in, in, in game five. I don't see him. He'll do his 30. I don't see him going crazy because I think Marcus Smart is going to take it upon himself to fight over every fucking screen imaginable. He is not going to let Horford get switched. He's not going to let uh, Tom Lord get stuck out there on the island. He's not going to let that happen. So that's why I think you, you might get a big clay game. You might get a big pool game because they're at the crib. They're at the crib. The other guys can step in there. It might be a pool party tomorrow night. It could be, especially when he's hitting half-court shots for the Right, yeah, like that That shit to me is like, okay, you clearly play better here. Like, okay, all right, you get the ball, ISO, do your shit here. Go ahead and cook. But that's where fucking Kaminga probably could go crazy at Chase. He's the rookie. We're not getting that. We're not getting that. Who has to get hurt? If, if Draymond gets hurt, do you think we'll see him? Who no. has to get hurt? for If Looney gets hurt, I don't know who has to get hurt. He, you got to think. When I was out there, Looney, I, what I thought was weird, Looney's a fan favorite out there. Wow, really? Yes. I wonder like, for what. Like, like He's just a dude. But to him, he's like that dude. Like, he does that dude. To he like, does the dirty work. Yeah. He has. He, he got his jersey and bars outside of him. <laughs> yes. Like, he's a fan favorite. That is hilarious. So he he is like Charles Oakley. He is like the Dubs Charles Oakley. He is that that fan favorite, that gritty guy, dirty guy in the paint. Okay, okay. So I'm trying. I think I'm, I'm, I think we should dive dive into this. Who get who needs to get hurt for coming to give minutes? I'm gonna- <sighs> has to be a wing. Otto Porter. No, he'll probably just go more pool. If it, and if anything, if, if he'll probably go more pool, and I think Iggy would Iggy would come in if need be. See, and that's my problem because Iggy's got nothing left right now. Nothing. Nothing. Because, yeah, I think part of that that game one blunder was Iggy getting minutes. Yeah, for sure. He shouldn't have been out there. What if Bialita gets hurt? Because he keeps giving minutes. He keeps finding minutes for Bialita. I think that's what I think that's what will happen. I think he's the one. Because Gl- Glove Jr., I don't think, I think they can, they'll just give Poole more minutes if, if Glove Jr. gets hurt. How do you feel about Glove Jr.'s minutes thus far? I think he's been really productive with that. Yeah, I think he should play a little more. Yeah, because he's only been playing 10, 12-minute windows. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be mad if they gave some Otto Porter's minutes to, to Glove Jr. Now, again, you're not getting a lot offensively. Ah, yeah. But, like, he can finish at the rim, though, and he's going to play defense. Where Otto Porter, you're just hoping for him to knock down some threes. Like, he's there to stretch the floor. He's not really hitting the glass. He's decent defensively. So it's like you're not really getting – there's not a lot of juice there to squeeze. Whereas Glove Jr., he's going to give you some energy. You know he can play defense because of his pedigree, and he's been productive. Yeah, and he's going to give you those hustle buckets, what I like. For sure. Uh-huh. For sure. Yeah. He'll hit the glass. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's an undersized guard, but he plays bigger than what he is. Yeah, I think it's either Bielitsa or – damn. 
Yeah, because if Looney gets hurt, then you're just going to get more Bialitsa, and he'll probably go more auto. Yeah, I think Bialitsa has to get hurt. Bialitsa. I think that's the only way for Kaminga to get some run. Yeah, I agree with you. Damn, that's 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 some sad shit. Sad. So Bialitsa has to go out there and catch COVID, and then maybe we could get Kaminga out there. Old school ways is hampering that right now. I don't I don't like that at all. I don't care how old school you are. Yeah, it's it's stupid. It's 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 an antiquated thing. And you know, people get mad at the whole comparing errors thing. Today's athletes are bigger, stronger, faster, whatever, whatever. Which I I am in favor of that. I I'm I'm I am I am well aware via text message we have had those debates. Uh, but I think this right here is where it speaks to that point clearly because you have a guy in, in uh Bialita who is slow, unathletic, and he's plotting, but he's six ten. So you'd rather just throw a random big guy out there who's not really a big guy. He doesn't play big at all. He hangs out at the perimeter or does little cuts to the rim like he's a guard. Whereas you have Kaminga, who I talked about on the last episode, he's essentially baby Jalen Brown compared to the experts. So you're getting cooked by Jalen Brown. You got a baby Jalen Brown making love to the bench who could potentially go out there and make it life difficult for his own clone in Jalen Brown. So, uh, but I will say this, and I want to get your opinion on this. There's a there's a narrative about Kaminga, though. Okay, I'm here for it. I was at the at the day job. Okay, Cisco. They were saying that he's a bit erratic on offense, and he makes rookie mistakes. And I've also seen this on the TL too, by the way. So I've seen it at work and online. Right. Okay. So he, here's where, because because I've also had some people hit me online or hit me on 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 the phone, like, "Yo, why are you going so hard on Kaminga?" Pause. I'm like, the Doves lack size and energy. We've seen it where Steph is out here shooting his heart out, and he's you know he's tired as hell. That's why he needed three minutes off in the first uh, three minutes of the fourth quarter. Like Kaminga can bring you a little bit of energy. He gets you them hustle buckets, just like Wiggins. Like how Wiggins performed, Kaminga could do that. So imagine if you have two Wiggins out there. I'm not saying you put Kaminga out there; he's going to give you 15 points. I'm saying he could go out there and get you a couple of hustle rebounds offensively and defensively. He could get you maybe a block or two. He could jump in the passing lane. He's young. He's got energy. 19. Dude just got it. Like the whole point is Clay at times has looked his age. Draymond definitely looks his age. And Steph, despite the 43, he looks his age. So how do you get 48 minutes? How do you manage 48 minutes for this roster? I think you do that by playing Kaminga because he could give guys a breather and give you something. I'm not looking for points from Kaminga. He doesn't have to give me 15. If he gives me, if he, seven points, three, four rebounds in 10 to 15 minutes, that's all I need from Kaminga. Because that's way more than fucking Bialitsa. Way fucking more. That's way more than Otto Porter at this point. So you can't you can't convince me that Otto Porter and Bielitsa are better options than Kaminga. I, I just refuse. I don't care how erratic he is. I'm not putting the ball in his hands on an ISO and saying, go cook. I'm saying, get your ass down there with Wiggins, hit the glass, be a nuisance, be annoying, run around all them damn screens and set them for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That's it. I get it. I, I, I'm, I'm looking for you I, because of where I'm located in the country. I'm not able to watch all their games, and mm-hmm. I didn't start paying. I can admit I didn't start paying attention to him, to him until you brought him up on this podcast. But 
he he got ticked in the in the Memphis in the Memphis series. Yeah, he got run. And I was actually at that game, and I was impressed with the minutes that he got. Yeah, he dude, he what you're getting from Wiggins. He's a bootleg Wiggins. I know the the NBA draft comp was to Jalen Brown, but to me, I see a lot more Wiggins in him than anything else. I don't see why you wouldn't want two Wiggins on the court when when we when what we've seen from Wiggins so far, defensively hitting the glass, running the break, slashing, being aggressive. That's Kaminga's game. That's exactly what he is. That's exactly the type of player he is. But again, we got to see who gets hurt. We got to, I don't want to pray for someone to get hurt, but I just want to find a scenario where Steve Kerr is forced to look down the bench, see Kaminga, and really think to himself, am I really about to do this? Because right now, there's no reason for him to play him. He's two wins away from a chip without playing him. So he could shut me up and not play him and still win a championship. And then people can say, see, they didn't even need him. I think they do, despite them winning a championship. If they win a championship, it will be in spite of them not playing Kaminga. Yeah, but you got to think, uh, Friday night was do or die. He didn't play him, so we're definitely not getting him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Draymond was out there being ineffective, even though I think his numbers bared better than how he looked. But Draymond was out there being ineffective. Otto Porter, even though you started him, gave you nothing. Like, Looney was the best big they had. Looney was the best player next to Wiggins and Steph. Looney was the best dude, and he only played him about 25 minutes. 25, 28 minutes. So it's 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 weird how they're rationing out minutes. Unless Looney is hiding an injury that we're not aware of, Looney should be playing 35-plus minutes. I'm not understanding why. And I think even in the postgame, Kerr said, yeah, he's going to have to find a way to get Looney more minutes. Find? What do you mean find a way? He's your only fucking big. He's literally the only dude that's over 6'9 that plays like a guy that's over 6'9. So I I don't understand. Poor Weissman was looking so tight on that bench because he wants to be out there because fucking Time Lord's going crazy, grabbing offensive boards, blocking shots. All Horford's still trying to flex at Usabe. Like, it's it's crazy what fucking um, James Weissman has to sit through not getting no run. So look look at all the dudes they got. Moody, Weissman, Kaminga, all of them making love to that bench. We know Weissman's hurt, but still. I think it's interesting that I think Kaminga might be in the doghouse because Kerr didn't have a problem playing Patrick McCall in the 2017 finals. He was a He was young, right? He was a rookie? Yeah, he was young for sure. He's in the D-League now. Yeah, see? See? Yeah, it's something something's going on behind the scenes. Something definitely... I think it's the whole rookie thing for sure. But to your point, there's probably something more we don't know yet that hasn't come out. I guess we got to wait for one of those uh, new media pods to unearth that T as to why Kaminga hasn't uh, been getting no real run. How do you feel about new media? Because I know that I talk to you a lot offline and you always are emphasis of the game is saturated because we're just getting athletes regurgitating bad takes or old takes. Yeah, and and to the point of, oh, this is athletes being given a platform. Athletes have always been given a platform. Like every NBA, NFL, MLB, whatever sport, NHL, pregame, postgame show has always involved former athletes. That's the whole point. You get an athlete perspective, and then you go get a talking head who can kind of do the TV thing and tee up the uh, former athlete. Like, that's always been a thing. It happens in radio. It's happened in TV. And now it's happening as we get into podcasts and streaming shows. But I don't understand why people are thinking this is sort of sort of new era just because dudes have their own pod equipment 
that means we're in this new era. It's still former players have always been given platforms. It's just not, there's so many more athletes who can give their opinions now. I don't think that that means we're in this new era of media because Draymond has a deal with Turner. So it's not like he's completely independent. He's just out here thugging his opinions out. No, he's made a deal. He's monetized his, his opinions just like Charles Barkley did before him, just like Kenny Smith did before him, just like Shaq did before him. So I don't know. Grant Hill, Chris Webber, Reggie like We could go down the line of all the former athletes that have cashed out on their name and have been given platforms and have been opinionated about it. So the whole narrative of we need more athletes' opinions are just like we've always gotten former athletes' opinions. When have we not, in my lifetime anyway, when have we not gotten athletes' opinions? So someone that's younger like you, do you think we're in this new era of hearing from athletes where we're getting tea that we would have never gotten before? Because maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. No, nah, I think what we're going to be getting is more athletes being professional athletes while doing media at the same time. Okay. So I think we're going to get more, uh, as I like to say, weeds in the grass of like what Draymond is doing, where he plays a game, then records immediately. I think we're going to get more of that. I think it, it hasn't really trickled down to the NFL yet. Uh, it right. might, but I definitely, I would see like in the next season or two, more athletes who are not even of the status of Draymond will, will do that. Because even when LeBron was in Cleveland, um, who were the two dudes? Uh, uh, my boy, it's leaving my mind, but um, who was the big that wasn't really playing? He had a podcast when the when LeBron. Oh, um, Drew Drew Gooden. No, not Drew Gooden. Um, uh, Channing Fry and Richard Fry. Jefferson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They had a yeah. podcast. I think we're gonna get yeah. more of that. But road, road trip, road trip, and yeah, some road, shit. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, Draymond is more appealing to the eye, and he could give you a lava take or a hot take. That's why, you know, that gets yeah. on the TL a lot. But I think, I think we'll get. I think when I think of new media, that's what I that's what I interpret that as. Okay. So, but is that something you would consume though? Like, uh, would, would you be a, a subscriber to a pod? Like, who would have to be the athlete that's current day playing? They're like, oh, no, nah, I got to subscribe and listen to that. Like, I'm locked in. Well, see, for me, and I'm a really big football guy, like, I could mm-hmm. break down film and just, okay, this is the issue, this or that. Right. You play. I listen to any players podcast that I like that I feel like I'm actually learning or I feel like they're not teaching me something I didn't already know I think okay. that there's uh there's two dudes that I go to for like sports information mainly football would be uh Chris Sims you put me on to him mm-hmm. and Marcus who who did a link with uh, your company yep uh, they're yep. pretty good and honest uh I like to listen to it from a t- standpoint don't talk to me like a fan because then you you're exactly. me off because you're being a little bit delusional and not honest. Right. So, but yeah, but if you can be honest and break down and like talk to me on a certain level, I'll, 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 I'll chop it up. And, and, and I think that's where like, so, so me and you are similar where if you're giving me information, if you're breaking something down to me to make me understand something, then I'm all for it. I think the issue is with these pods because they're trying to be in the same social space. They know they have to get clicks. So you have Brandon Marshall out here popping a vein in his forehead, screaming about non-guaranteed contracts in the NFL he's, versus the NBA. Wrong. <laughs> right. So he's being loud wrong, but the fact is he was loud, so it went viral. So I think as long as the athletes are trying to do the same things that the Blue Check Boys do, then what's the difference? Like, if you're going to jump out the window and have a take, like, like Gilbert Arenas, I thought he was going to be giving it up 
with his pod. And initially he was. He was really breaking shit down. And I guess maybe the numbers weren't hitting what he thought they should. So then he started giving out all the stories. Yeah. And then the pod went away. (laughs) Right. So he couldn't find a way to balance it. I'm giving you analysis and T. He just went straight from one extreme to the other. Then the pod went away. Now he's kind of bouncing around other people's pods, just giving up tea. And it's like, well, those stories are going to run out. Like the clips are being recorded. Someone could just retweet a clip from a year ago and it's the same story you're telling on a new pod. So it's not going to hit the same. So it's like, well, what happens when you run out of tea? Like, okay, you talked about the gun shit in DC when you were a wizard. All right, you've talked about that like five times or five different pods. And the you Jordan. Do it a sixth time. Yeah, and the Jordan shit. You've done all, you told us your Kobe stories. Like, we know all the stories. If we want to know it, we could go search it and find it. Yeah. So it's like, if you're not giving me analysis that makes, puts me in a mindset of how you were the player that you were or what you saw, how you break down film, like there was this thing, there was a tweet, um, Grant Hill. It came on the timeline. I think it was, yeah, when Steph was going crazy the other night that he claimed him and Kobe had a conversation of how to guard Steph. I saw that, that to me is information. That to me is insight. That's locker room T kind of sort of, but like Grant Hill is saying, Steph don't like people standing on the side of him. Mm-hmm. So that's how he can shoot all day with people in front of him, behind him, all of that. But when you get on the side of him, Kobe said, that's how you got to guard him. I- that's information. It is, but when Kevin Love was standing in front of him, he still missed the shit. Right, there you go. Talk about it, King. Talk about it, King. Choked in the big spot. Blew that 3-1 lead, 73-9, and they lied. Like, I mean, you know, it happened. I didn't say that. I, it ha- but, but, I mean, it happened, though. I wouldn't say that was a choke job, though. Oh, you, you blow a 3-1 lead? That's not a choke? Uh, I mean, you got to look at all the factors that went into that. Dream oh, see, here, comes the cape. here comes the caping. The caping has arrived. I've been waiting yeah. for the Warriors cape. Draymond, come out. Draymond forced to miss a game because he's why? Least, why though? Why though? He, he said something that LeBron didn't like. No, 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 because no, he kept kicking him in the nuts. That's subjective. He called him a bitch, okay. and LeBron apparently that's the word that will set LeBron off. Don't call him a bitch. Draymond called him a bitch, but he also repeatedly was kicking him in the nuts, getting technicals. I don't think he should have been suspended. That's just me. He earned them text off the whole run. He went over the amount of text. Man's had to go watch Game 5 from a baseball stadium across the street from Oracle. He did that to himself. Ah, 100%. I'm with you 100%. But So that's part of the choke. No, okay. That, all right, cool. I, I thought That's you, part of the choke. I thought, you were, I, I thought you were putting the honus on Steph. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. That whole team choked. All of them take the L. You know, 100%. That I, agree. I put it more on Draymond because I think they would have gotten the, the Cavs up out of there in five. Yeah. I think they would have gotten them out of there at Oracle, and we would have never had any of that shit. Yeah. But the fact that he missed that game, that was the one opening that Bron and Kyrie needed to start the comeback. And once they started cooking, it was 40 pieces left and right. Who won a 40 piece? LeBron won it. Kyrie won it. We both could get it. Game seven, we're going to hunt Steph in the biggest moment. Bring his trash ass ankles out here. Let me cook him. I mean, yeah, like that's <sighs> such a great finals. That was, yeah, that was, that was the first year of this pod. Yeah. That kicked off this pod. I remember, well, this, this iteration of the pod. I remember that pod because you were telling me when the Warriors were down 3-1 that OKC got it. Yeah, because it looked it. And then all of a sudden, so when 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 the Cavs went down 3-1, I'm like, well, shit, we just saw it in the conference finals. This could happen. 
I had a lot of venom for you then too because they had the, the record. The record. Yeah, of course. You were talking all that shit. Fuck Jordan. Bulls ain't shit. Plumbers. You were sending me all the that one dude who kept talking about plumbers. You kept sending that shit to me. Like, all right, all right. And then and then it was real quiet on your jack when that three one lead was blown. Real quiet. Things happen. Things happen. Right, right, right. <laughs> Self service. I know. I get. I, I got it. I got it. But yo, new media, right? So Tyreek Hill has now entered new media. He has a new pod. There was a video clip that bounced around that went viral. So I threw it out there on my timeline. It got some feedback from you and some of the Jersey homies. And Tyreek Hill is essentially saying he prefers Tua to Patrick Mahomes. From a QB perspective, he prefers the accuracy of Tua, who is accurate. So this isn't the shade Tua. But he prefers the accurate arm and the accurate passes. Notice he didn't mention strength. Accuracy of Tua's passes to, I guess, the, the freestyle flamboyancy, the behind the back, the underarm, the sidearm passes of a Patrick Mahomes, the no-look shit. So from you, football is definitely your shit. You're locked in. You played the game. You know how to break down film. Tell me what you thought of, one, Tyreek jumping out the window like that, and two, is there any validity to what he's saying that there is a scenario where you could prefer getting passes as a receiver from Tua than from someone who has been held in such high regard as Patrick Mahomes? Tyreek is full of shit. <laughs> it's just that simple? Yeah. Uh, to, all right. It, it, there's like different ways to break this down. Sure. Uh, and, I, I, and I got, you know me, I get, I get called crazy on the TL. That's fine. The things that I say, but it's fine. It's a uh, Duesenberry thing. Tariq took the money. He took the contract because it was, this is going to be his last re-up. He's, he's, he's approaching 30. And I think uh, he, just, he just took the money, which is fine. I'm, I'm for that. Yeah, cash me, out. Me and you have discussed that plenty of times. Yep. Winning Super Bowls and that legacy shit is overrated. Yep. Cut the check, right? Don't talk to me about legacy and all this when this nigga, his choices were the Jets and the Dolphins to dumpster franchises. Don't talk to me about legacy. Right. You went there for the money and that's cool, but you don't have to be unrealistic about why you're there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like you got, if they like that, that goes back to why the head coach got fired. They did Mm -hmm. not want to, he wanted Jay Herbo, which they should have drafted. Yep. So. And then they almost got Tom Brady. They had that whole thing in in, in the tuck. If two is so accurate, why Tom Brady on the yacht with your manager? Facts. Which, Facts. Which that gets blown under the rug, even though that's collusion. And it's clear day. It's sitting out there. Someone actually asked Tom Brady about it, and he gave a lot of word salad, but it was no denial in that word salad. So that happened. He was on the yacht kicking it with Flores and Stephen Ross, and they were plotting away for Tom Brady to pull up, take either take a year off or work out some sort of bullshit trade behind the scenes with Tampa and now be the QB slash owner slash president of football ops of the fucking Miami Dolphins. He was going to run the shit. That happened. Insane. I think that what the Dolphins are doing as far as like a front office, I think it's smart. You, you don't have to pay because like usually your, your team takes a turn in victories once you pay your quarterback. Once you give them that max dollars, right. you're seeing it with Dallas, even though they weren't really that good with uh, before Dak signed his deal. But now that he signed it, they're 
they're kind of they're on that brink of becoming like a poverty franchise is what it I like. happened with the Seahawks with with, with Russie. Happened with, happened with the Seahawks with Russ and and they broke the bank and sent him to Denver. Mr. Unlimited, my bad. Yeah, I don't Unlimited. see that working out in his favor, but that's just me. Right. Uh who else? Um with Mahomes. Uh half a billion in funny money. Half 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 a billion in funny money and it hasn't generated more Super Bowl wins. No. No. There was there was this uh there was this take after he beat San Francisco that oh they just gonna keep writing him off, writing him off. He hasn't won one again, and the no. one and the one that he did win, it was one completion away from losing that game. I mean, he didn't even play well that game. Right. He's been in two Super Bowls. He's played two Super Bowls. I'd argue he's played two and a half bad quarters of football. Mm. All right. So now I'm gonna have to have you on here. And shout out to Shake and the Regulation Podcast. Both of y'all are really throwing, not Shake, because it's, it's, y'all both make legit points. We're going to have to have this Patrick Mahomes conversation. Because having half a billion and looking like he had the whole world in front of him, where he was going to run off multiple Super Bowls, run off multiple MVPs, and it hasn't really fulfilled that way. It hasn't really, whether you want to chastise the defense at times, it's been injuries to offensive line at times. Sometimes it can even be Andy Reid pulling his up his old Philly playbook and fucking up the time management again at times. All those things have kind of played in Patrick Mahomes only having that one Super Bowl championship. And it came down to Jimmy Garoppolo just a few inches off. And they right. lose. Right. A better quarterback that, completes that pass. There I was I got into a uh I got into a debate with Lefko on Twitter. Uh he's Luchek boy, he responded to me because he said Mahomes is the best quarterback he's ever seen. And I'm like, God damn. I could argue he's not even top three. Right. No, for sure. Yeah. At that time. At that time. At that time. Because that was after the Super Bowl? The the, 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 the championship? The win? Or year. This was that year. Copy. Okay. He's never been better than Aaron Rodgers. He he went he went head to head with Brady. Brady sunned him. Don't talk to me about offensive line. He was missing throws. Got you. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. If you want to, if, if you want to bring up O line, you can do that. What happened when Cincy came in? He got outplayed by a damn near rookie, and, if, and right. I know Joe Burrow was in his second year technically, but he got right. hurt. He got hurt as a rookie very early. Yeah, so he, he was yeah. damn near a rookie, and you got outplayed. I mean, look, I think Mahomes. I'm also questioning his condition. He doesn't look his physical. His physical condition to me. He's never been like a built dude anyway, but it looks like he's packed on some pounds and he's just not getting that weight off. And I think that's hampered his ability to run. Like, I, I think that happened with Russ as well, too. You don't think so? It's the turf toe. He's, he's, he's never gotten over that. That's a hard one to get over. You don't get over it. There's no, you, once you have it, you have it. You can have surgeries to repair it, but you don't get right. Ready. Yeah, because I think that that fucked up Shaq in his career. He had the turf toe, and he was never the same. I call it, excuse my words, I call it the herpes of the NFL. Facts. You don't Facts. get rid of it. You never get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, I feel no you. Care for that. So now, if you've invested half half a billion, even though it's 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 funny money, if you're the, the, the Chiefs, are you concerned? Like, he's still playing at a high level. We'll give him that, right? He's still playing at a high level, but... I don't get it confused, but... Is the window closed? Ah. Uh, even if it even if it has, that's fine because he's still in his twenties. You could reopen a window. I mean, the way quarterback okay. playing, he could 
he could very well play till he's 35, 37. I'm right. not saying he's going to be Tom Brady because I don't think we'll see that again. But you can't touch the quarterbacks anymore, so you can you can play until for sure. Thirty seven, yeah. you know. Um, I think that even, even, let's just say the windows closed uh, in that division. That's fine, but that window can always be reopened. I think. I think with him, I am critical of him because of how hyped up he is. They want him to be the face of the league. Exactly. I, but I've also raised eyebrows when I said. What's the difference between him and Josh Allen? Can you make the point? Well, you know how I feel about Josh Allen. I, I, I think he's a he's a product of having Stephon Diggs. Yes, he made improvements with his accuracy just by going from year one to year three, but he also brought in a fucking study lead number one receiver, and all of a sudden now he's a franchise quarterback. However, with Mahomes... Tyreek Hill, was he Tyreek Hill prior to Mahomes? Well, he was a special team. He was a a pro bowler as a special teamer, right? Right. You know how Alex Smith is and how he plays quarterback. You was never going to. Dink and dunk. Yeah, you you were never going to be able to uh, expose that Tyreek Hill. So that's why he had to get off on special teams because he wasn't, you know, as far as extending plays, that's not what Alex Smith, that's not in his repertoire. It never has been, which is fine. Uh, I think that it works both ways. I think that he helps out Mahomes, and Mahomes helps out him. Agreed. He's Agreed. the key to the offense, not Kelsey. It was Tariq. Yes. Because yes. Agreed. A, lot of, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the looks they got in Kansas City was because of Tariq. Yeah. And, and Andy Reid's ability to move him around. I think the one-on-one matchups that were created for Kelsey to manipulate or because of what Tariq does to safety, you know? So, with that being said, if Mahomes goes out and puts up a typical Mahomes year, even without Tariq Hill, because Tariq Hill in that clip made it seem like, well, I think it was another clip, like even Mahomes know how important I was at that office. Like, he knows they're going to take a step back, that I'm not there no more. If Mahomes can thwart that and put up similar Mahomes numbers, Will that show more to you than what he's done so far with a Tyreek, with a Kelsey, and all the weapons they've had around him? Now that he's had one big, one less, one big less weapon, and he puts up those same same type of numbers, will that show you more? Not 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 necessarily because it's a uh, it's a passing lead. The, the numbers are going to be the numbers, and he is okay. talented. But I want to look at how you get those numbers. You know. Because okay, he passed for almost 5,000 yards and almost 40 touchdowns. If he gives you another 5,000 and 30-something touchdowns, even without Tyreek Hill, I mean, he's got Juju now. Like, we know Juju's not Tyreek. I mean, yeah, he's, a, he's not Tyreek. But, and I guess they want Miko Harmon to step up. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't, yeah. I don't see it. Does he even have the straight-line speed like Tyreek like that? He's a burner, too, but he's just not – he doesn't have uh, what, I like to, what I like to call, like, God-given, like – you can't got you. He's okay. fast. He's fast. He's fast. Yeah, he's fast. Too, but but right. he I like like Tariq. Tariq was a Olympic like runner. It's a different type of speed. Yeah, he's yeah. just a different. He's a like Tariq is a track runner. Like it's right. it's right. just it's just. Different. I think uh, I think well, you got to think if you look at outside of Kansas City, Kansas City, and you look at the rest of the division, they've all gotten better. You know, right. uh, and Khalil Mack and uh, Chandler are now in the AFC West. Right. And the keys to stopping any quarterback is to not give them time to throw. That 
I, I, people always make fun of me because I say this: the game is won in the trenches. I don't care. Yeah, who's playing cornerback, pressure. You, you have to get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, if you look at if you look at all the teams that are relevant and ran properly, they all put value into the defensive end and the defensive tackle. The teams that don't, like the Cowboys, uh, you say the Jets, they all end up in the same place in January. Right, right. Yeah, no, it, it, it really does matter. But when you look at what the Giants were able to do in getting that those two championships with um, Eli, it was about the front line. It, it really had nothing to do with Eli. I know he had a couple of big throws and all that shit, but it was more about you know, that NASCAR front line of Strahan, Tuck, OC, all those guys causing havoc and running Brady down. Like, that was that was the only way to beat a team that was undefeated. They had a front line that was crazy to bum rush and make things hard and difficult for Tom Brady, even when he had fucking Randy Moss. That, and what's not talked about is, you got to think, when they were running the spread offense, wasn't that like 07, 08? Yes. That yeah. that offense was I'm not even trying to gap. That offense was probably like five, eight years ahead of their time. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Because they when you had Randy Moss, you want to do whatever you can to try to make sure he's not going to get coverage over the top. So you have to spread it out because you want to get that nickel, that dime in there. So that way you're forcing guys to play guys in the slot seams or whatever. And then Randy could just either do goes or sluggos, whatever you want to do. You just put that hand up and just go. And he you never seen Revis. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm putting the hand up. I'm going. Yeah. And, and he never got the opportunity to do that in the Super Bowl. No, no. Which is because Brady had no time. Cause fucking OC is hanging off of his Jersey. Fucking straight hand and tuck is coming on the other side. Pause like that's that's just what that's how you have to do it. Me and yeah. you have always been on that same type of time. If, if, if I'm a D coordinator, I don't want to see nothing about no fucking three four. I don't want to see nothing about no fucking cover two bullshit. Fuck the Bears and Lovey Smith. I want four six five two. Pin your ears back. Go get the fucking QB and murder him and let's get off the field in three downs. That's it. <laughs> I want third and ten. Every fucking possession because we're peeling our ears back and we're chasing that motherfucker down. Simple. The game is not that hard. It's not. And I said this on Twitter and I think, and people people actually agree, the game is not that hard. The, the game, None of these sports are hard. The game is don't let the other team run the ball and you need to be able to run the ball. That's really what it boils down. Stop the run, run the ball. Stop the Stop the run, run the ball. Yeah, you don't have to get that, that spreadsheet is cute. Yeah, it's cute. It's fun. Everyone's running around. You could do little cute little rub routes. You could do interesting formations in it. I get it. But at the end of the day, when you got them horses, and me and you have always been getting on you from your from your township days, you got them horses and you line them up and you shove the fucking rock down another team's throat and they lighten the ass. Ain't shit you can do. You just gotta sit there and get pummeled for four quarters. Yeah. Don't talk to me about how important a cornerback is and why he should be top paid like me. Uh, I don't believe in drafting a cornerback in a top with a top ten pick. Okay, all right. I don't. Well, well, okay. Because the league, I, I'll give the mindset for those who don't know. So the league is obviously pass friendly. So the narrative is that because the league is so pass friendly, you should you have to now put an emphasis on getting alleged lockdown corners. So when you have all these top-notch receivers that are coming through the league now because the league is so passive-friendly, 
you got to have DBs that can stop them. So now explain your point as to why you think you should not do that, even though we're in a pass-friendly version of the NFL. I think that despite the Rams, because they've mastered the ability to manipulate the caps, right? Which is Correct. More, which is more so uh, every team can do that, but I don't think Correct. he's at the forefront. Make sure we get every team is capable of doing that. They just choose not to. Yeah, they just choose not to because I don't think that one, it's a hard cap. So you can't, there is no luxury tax. Am I right? Am I wrong? About, am I wrong about that, Sam? There is a, I forget what they call it. It's not a luxury tax like in the NBA, but it is a, it is a tax. I'll have to look up what the actual name of it is. It's called luxury tax, but it's not the same like the NBA. But yes, they can go over the cap. You just have to circumvent it in a very slick way. And the Rams have shown a masterclass of how to do it over the last year and a half. Yeah. Uh, so, and I know that like you can make the point. Well, uh, you know, well, what about Jalen Ramsey? He just won a Super Bowl. I don't consider Jalen Ramsey a shutdown cornerback. Teams throw at him willingly. Yes, Will Barrow throws at him willingly. It was yeah, pretty he's not scared doing at it too. Right. Um, the game. Yeah, Chase open. Chase was open. Yeah, Chase was fucking open. And it's not he had time. It's not but that. he didn't have time, right? Because Aaron Donald was crashing the fucking middle. Exactly. See? See? There it is. I'm a general manager. I'm going to put them on the defense. I'm going to build it from the front front to the back, right? Uh, It's the New England way. We're going to – we need to be strong up the middle, and you need good safeties, right? The way the game is played now and how offenses can manipulate defenses and creating one-on-one matchups and how hard it is to play cornerback, I would never pay premium dollar for that. It just doesn't make sense to me when the game is won in the trenches. If you look at the Eagles Super Bowl, you can't name you one of their cornerbacks because Darius is not there. If you look at the Buccaneers when they beat when they beat the the so cute Chiefs, they were they were running cover two. Right. Right. They won in the trenches. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, game no. is won in the trenches. When you got a 235 pound running back coming at you, if if, if you're banking on that corner to tackle him, I'm gonna no let you chance. know right now. Yeah. You ain't gonna be that successful. Yeah, no chance. You you need a fucking three hundred pound monster. Or if you could find a freak like fucking Aaron Donald, you need some big dude to stuff that middle pause and like just be like the days of the run stuffer is dead. Like I, I grew up with the fridge and Gilbert Brown and Ted Washington, all those type of motherfuckers, Russell, Maryland, all those type of dudes. But now you're seeing them kind of come back. Haloti Nada is a run stuffer, but he's an evolution. Because mm-hmm. he's a freak. He can get after the quarterback. He's going to be in your backfield, whether you're running the ball or passing it. Holy Nada's back there. And you're seeing it now, but maybe Jordan Davis could be a, another iteration of that. And I, so you need to have guys on that line like that. I think the Eagles are genius for moving up to go to get him. Yeah, yeah, he's a monster. He, he, he's a can't miss to me. And they're saying that they think that he has the capabilities of playing three downs. That's amazing. If you could get a fucking guy that big who's that fast to play three downs, you, you've just, you just punched your ticket to at least a couple of divisions, uh, 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 division titles. And because he, and you can't move him. You literally can't move him. And Okay, so let's just say he is who we say he is, right? You mm-hmm. eliminate the ability for the other team to run the ball. Now right. that offensive coordinator has to call plays with one hand tied behind his back. Right, right. Agreed. And now you have your edge rushers because you're going to need, you need two guys on Jordan Davis every down. If he's playing three downs, that's minimum two dudes. Now you're creating a one-on-one match. Now you got one-on-ones on edge. And now if you blitz, now you got a free edge. 
look, you can do whatever you want. You're really good. You've got someone in the middle who can eat up two to three guys. Versus a lockdown corner who can take away one guy. If I'm an if I'm an offensive coordinator, I can manipulate that. I can run a right. route. I can set a pick. I can exactly. put my receiver in the slot. I can motion exactly. you away from where I want to throw the ball. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of these uh, DBs aren't even following guys no more. They're just playing a side. So it's like, all right, well, I'll just put my number one on the other side. And my number one will be going up against your number two all day, and we'll, we'll eat that way. Now, and so it's like it's easy to scheme against your number one corner. How good is a corner if you don't get pressure on a quarterback? No corner can cover elite for more than four seconds. That's, and that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's me being generous. Like, unless you're doing sluggos or, as you said, rub routes, like, like you really need a lot of time as a quarterback to read. Your first read is probably always never going to be there. So you need to be able to get to your second or third read. So if I have a lockdown guy that's actually following a number one guy, I'm ignoring that. But now, because there's there's not a lot of good DBs, number one. It's not, it's not like you would say the best corner uh, is, is Jalen Ramsey. Right. He's Yeah. Like it, And there's probably maybe three other guys maybe in that conversation. But maybe. he separates himself. He's like. I, I agree with you. But I'm saying people that might want to debate, there's only three other names you could put out there. It's not like there's 10 guys that are all vying for who's the best lockdown or shutdown. Like, there's only three guys you can maybe mention in the same class as Jalen Ramsey. But I said this. I said, if cornerback was that position, if was was a position that you need to pay premium dollar for you to be successful, why mm-hmm. isn't the Dolphins' defense good? Right, because they got corners. They got Byron Jones on one side, and then they got Xavier, uh, Xavier Howard on the other. Those yeah, are two, two good all, corners. Those are two all-pro corners. Yeah. They, and went, they still get passed on. They went, oh, they went 0-7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had a defensive first head coach in Flores who came from, from the New England system, and they still couldn't figure it out. Exactly. So don't tell me how important that is. That's Yeah, I just I think there's just so many examples besides the Rams, besides the Rams, because, right. you know, and if you would have told me five years ago the Rams would have the best corner, but, but Aaron Donald and Bobby yeah. Wagner – on one team, I, I would have laughed at you with yeah. <laughs> that that team better be good on defense. So it's like you're you're taking the best DB with the best probably overall player in the league, and then you're throwing in another Hall of Fame linebacker who still got some years left. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, and then you got Leonard Floyd on, on the edge. Like they got a bunch of dudes that defense is stacked. They got Weddle to come off the couch yeah. and he's making plays in the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So they're bringing pro bowlers off the couch, and he's playing that middle like a deep safety, and he's making plays. Yeah. So again, middle of the field, like you're talking about. You have to be able to, because you're in the middle of the field, you have access to either come down and crash the run, play back and play the pass, play all the routes. You have the whole play in front of you. You have to be able to read and react. The fact they're able to get Weddle off the couch with a couple of weeks of practice. Coaching of his, sudden, who was coaching his son's football team when they called him. Right. And now he's in the Super Bowl, and he's actually making plays. He's not getting Swiss cheese up there, not hunting him or whatever. That's an amazing job. But it just goes to your point of you don't need to have elite DBs to do that. Yes, they had Ramsey, but, I mean, shit, Chase burnt them on that last play, and Burrow had time, but he didn't because Errol Donald was hunting them down. And that's the whole point. No matter who your talent is on the outside, if I'm crashing the middle, if I got two dudes coming free, I can't get the rock off. It's a simple thing. Stop you from throwing the ball. 
how do I do that? Do I do that by having a guy who could cover your best guy for four seconds? Or do I do that by having three to four dudes who are going to bum rush your offensive line and have a pool party in your backfield? Yeah, because the uh, who is the head coach of the of the L.A. Uh, Chargers? Uh, Stanley, right? I yeah, yeah. His last name is Stanley. He had a great – his brain is Stanley. Sorry, it slipped my mind. He yeah. had a great point where he was saying – uh, stats, uh, stats have shown that while sacks are important, hitting a quarterback continuously will have a larger effect on them than anything. Yeah, I, I agree. Just keep putting him on the ground. Eventually, yeah. he's always going to make a mistake. I That's can- why you see that with like receivers and running backs who go out of bounds because they don't want to take them hits. Because you keep getting rocked. If you get 20 carries and all 20 carries, you're getting rocked. You're not going to want that 21st carry. If you're a receiver and you're getting eight, nine targets, but all eight, nine targets, you're getting cracked. You don't want that 10th target. So it's the same philosophy. If a QB is dropping back 30 times and you've knocked him down 15, now he's, he's got happy feet. You know, he's dancing around in the pocket and he's, he's throwing the ball away before he has to. Or he's checking it down prematurely just because he doesn't want to get hit anymore. Like, we've seen that happen to a lot of QBs and even some alleged elite ones. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, me and you, were, we right here with it. I, we always are on, on the same page. With I, don't, yeah, I, I don't understand yeah. why people I get, in the Jersey chat, I get called crazy for saying it's that. It's nuts. Jersey chat, be on some bullshit with that one. And then, like, because like one of the main culprits that's against it is a Jets fan. And I'm like, what did Revis ever do for the Jets? Yeah, like they didn't make it to a championship game because they had Revis. They didn't make it to two championship games because they had Revis. It was a whole, they had Bart's got up the middle. They had a lot. That team was built, well, it was a 3-4, so take that for what it's worth. <laughs> but, you know, that team was built more in terms of the front, even that, even the front line of that team. Let me go back and look at that roster. Like, even the front line, that front line was no joke. They it wasn't had, like it was just Revis and nobody else. They had Revis on one side and Cromartie on the other. Dick Cromartie wasn't like no lockdown. And they always picked on Cromartie. Didn't, didn't, well, you had to because you had Revis on the other side. And right, the, but even Revis got picked on. We, so, we, we, we know Moss put that hand up. He did. But, but my thing is, Revis, to go get a Super Bowl, Revis had to get traded to, to Tampa. They had right. him cover two. He was like, I ain't no fucking zone corner. And then he got lowballed in, uh, got lowballed. It took a one year deal in New England. And he, right. he even said that Bill Belichick tried to fleece him because Bill don't value cornerbacks. One yeah. well there and then took his ass back to the Jets. That's it. Yeah. Cash out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do? Let me see. Let me look up this. Who they have on that front line? Because defense. Da, da, da. Calvin Pace. David Harris. Like, they were good up the middle. They were good up the middle. They were good up the middle. I think that they might have put too many, too many resources at cornerback for them to truly be successful. Yeah, that, that team spit the bit because they had Mark Sanchez. Like let's let, let's go ahead and keep that a buck. They had they had Santonio. Santonio was good. Tomlinson was good. But you know, they spit the bit because they had a cheap quarterback, a cheap rookie quarterback that they were thinking they could like scheme their way to a championship with if they go defense first. And it almost worked. I mean, two two AFC championship games, that's you know, that's more than the Jets have ever seen since then, certainly. But you know, Rex Ryan came in with that Ravens defensive scheme. And it almost worked. He stole Bart Scott, had him pull up, and it almost worked. But the problem was it came down to, one, the quarterback wasn't good enough. 
and that defensively, even though they were good up the middle with fucking Mike DeVito and those guys, but at the end of the day, you had Revis. It was too much attention being paid to Revis. I agree. Sean Ellis on that line. They had some dudes on that line. Sean Ellis was good. Sean Ellis was good. Yeah. So they had some people on that line. Yeah, yeah. So look, now look at this. The game that, that was just more this, more about the three four. But, yeah, you know. the game that they lost about to, to the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rashard Mendenhall had 121 rushing yards. What is your yeah? What is your cornerback doing to stop that? Yeah, yeah. They, they ran the ball for 166 yards. You're not going to win a playoff game allowing. No, no, no. <laughs> especially in the, and that was on the road, right? Especially now on the road, you're yeah. not going to go into the yeah. Heinz Field and not, get that off. Not in January. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think wasn't on. Let me see here. Let me go back. And Revis, one of their leading tacklers, and that that shows you that's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. You don't want him to have to be able to do all that. Not only that, you got uh, yeah, Big Ben. Uh, he had two interceptions, and he still fucking lost. Yeah, yeah. You rapist that he is. If you would have, if you would have put yeah, two times, if you would have put yeah. more uh, resources on the offense with that salary cap instead of paying top dollar for a cornerback, you might you might have won that game. For sure, because you, you had the horses up the middle to get the job done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, I don't want to hear nothing about no three four. I think it's one of the most overrated defenses. I think depending on linebackers to do work of D linemen is just a real ass backwards concept. Even if you have guys that you could rush off the edge in the three four, that's still so you're really just doing a four three. You just want to disguise it. Like I don't understand the concept of a three four and then always having a guy blitzing off the edge. I'm like, well then that's just a 4-3. So you might as well just run 4-3 and have four down linemen. So the whole purpose of the 3-4 defense is to disguise, to be able to disguise your ability to blitz, right? Sure, yeah. I think it's so hard to run because your nose your nose tackle, which is a position that is, at one point, like you said, was fading out of the league a little bit, right. has to force a double team every play in order for it to work properly. And those guys are hard to find. And those guys are hard to find. Yeah. Right? yeah. So that's why you have guys like Wade Phillips and Bill and Bill Belichick, uh, who I think ran it the best. They just run a hybrid of it. Where it's it's mm-hmm. it looks like a three four, but it's really a four three. Yeah. Because the problem that because as being a Cowboys fan, allegedly, when Wade was there, the the problem that I had with the three four is you're putting too much pressure on your safeties to cover. Because if you're a safety in a 3-4, you got covered the slot or the tight end. Copy, yep. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like that's not fair. That's Yeah. I feel like that's, too, I feel like that's just too tough of a responsibility. Because most safeties can't cover. That's why they're safeties. Exactly. So it's like you're asking the guy to, like the guy to cover Kelsey now. It's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. I can barely cover fucking receivers in college, and I'm covering Kelsey? Yeah, that's that's why I never I, – I believe in running a 4-3. Uh, teams aren't really running – I mean, the last team – because of the way the league is, teams are running their nickel package. I think the stat was like 75% of the time, which is a lot because yeah. teams are coming out with three wide receiver sets. So I get that. I think that the last team that we saw really run like a base set consistently uh, for four quarters was LOB. Yeah. And they and they had, I mean, I don't know if you, would you have considered Sherman to be a lockdown at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Even though it was so, it was more like a cover three, though, right? It was a cover three defense. It was a cover three defense, but he perfected how to do that because okay, he was he perfected it. Um, I mean, just like there are different types of quarterbacks or different types of running backs, they're different exactly. cornerbacks. He was just a zone yep. corner, 
uh, like in, and you know that he perfected it because if you look at Josh Norman, he's another zone corner, but mm-hmm. he was never strapped in the way Sherman was. No, no, never. never. No. And that's that. That was just the difference. Even when even when Sherman had his all per year when he went to San Francisco, it was mm-hmm. still a different. Now, granted, they had the horses up front to go get him. Exactly. Yeah. It yeah. was it was still a really good zone corner, like really good. Like the best corner in my generation uh, overall is Revis to me because he, okay. he was actually taking receivers out of the game. Like that right. was, like, yeah. But after that, it would probably be Sherman. Uh, but Do you think was, Dion could have gotten it off like how he did back in the day if he played today? No, I don't. And that's not a slight to him. I think he would have been probably like in that, I think he probably would have been a tier above Jalen. Like we would have respected him. Mm-hmm. But as far as like taking wide receivers away and offensive coordinators telling people to not throw over there, I don't think that happens. Cause I just think there's just too many ways for an offensive coordinator to manipulate to get a, a to manipulate a defense to get mm-hmm. a wide receiver open. It's just too many ways. And he, and he was lighting the ass anyway, because I could see teams. I mean, teams did run at him. Yeah, he was. I mean, that's what he's known for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he can cover. He'll he'll follow your receiver man to man. He'll do all of that shit. But you you could truck him light. Like he yeah. ain't trying to make no tackles. And the way the league was back then, like the Cowboys had, uh, they had, they had Michael they had Michael Irvin right. And right. On the other side, they would give you Ron Harper as like a number two or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he slept on. Alvin Harper's definitely Harper, slept on. Alvin Harper. But uh but like if in the league today, most teams have two or sometimes even three good wide receivers. Three, yeah. It's like yeah, yeah the best teams have three. You gotta have three. Yeah, it's just like if you're doing that nickel shit, you gotta have three. Because if you look sorry, yeah, if you look at like what the what the Bengals did last year, they had they definitely three, three really good wide receivers. Yeah. Obviously they had Jamal Chase, which is like the he's the guy in that offense. Right. He changed that offense, but right. Boyd is nice. Yeah, Boyd is nice. Yeah, and Higgins. Higgins is and Higgins is nice too. Yeah, yeah. They 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 got dudes. They got dudes. So yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I'll I'll tell you this. I'll pivot here a little bit. Jack Del Rio. You are a football guy. You got shown it with with showing your 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 acumen here on the pod. Jack Del Rio jumps out the window in my opinion, jumped out the window. Tweets about how come we're not talking about the looting, the burning, all this stuff. If you heard on the last pod, I broke it down. But he has since been fined. He has given an apology that I felt was not an apology, and I tried to break that down. Give me your thoughts on what you think of the Washington football team's coordinator jumping out the window, saying, wow, shit, now he's even deleted his Elon app account, so he's not even on the app anymore. So he's going to get his shit off like how Gruden was in the in the work emails. Give me your thoughts on Jack Del Rio and that whole situation. I think he's full of shit. I think the apology wasn't really an apology, like you said. Um, but I also think that most white men in his position in that league feel that way, regardless of uh, sure. 75% of the league being African-American. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird that there are some people that are actually caping for him and actually some former players. And that's what bothers me about the religion of football is that such just a slave, because the slave owner complex is correct, correct, and, and and it's it's so problematic because it's like you're just giving him bail and you're giving bail to people who think like him, and you're not helping destroy the narrative. Like you should, he shouldn't feel safe enough. Like that's why the way Gruden got it off, I'm not too upset about because that's how most of them get it off. 
He get was, it off in private emails. He was stupid enough to do it on a work email. Correct. That's where he fucked up. I'm not surprised that that happened. I'm surprised that this dude tweeted it out and said it with his chest and then doubled and tripled down on it the next day. And then even in the apology that wasn't an apology, still stood firm that he supports peaceful protests. And when he wasn't part of a peaceful protest himself, fucking up a Chiefs receiver who he thought was a scab player. Yeah, but the thing, if you're so for, if you're so for peaceful protests, why are you supporting uh, a coup against the United States? Correct. Where it was an insurrection against the Capitol, and you're all, thinking that's peaceful. Yeah. How is uh, how many people died? Oh, I uh, right, look, we got five people died. Yes, five people. Okay, five people died. So, like, what's peaceful? Peaceful? There's about? nothing peaceful about that. The 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 security guards and the policemen got stormed. Yeah, y'all told me blue lives matter though, but a hundred right, yeah, hundred thirty yeah. uh, uh, we got property was destroyed. Property was 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 destroyed. They ran up in there. They stole things. They stole things from the Capitol. So much like they're talking about the looting and the burning, the only thing that didn't happen was the burning. Yeah, but the, the 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 rioting happened, the looting happened. They destroyed property. They destroyed public property that their tax money pays for. Thirty million in damages. But they want to talk about, oh, we saw some people on again ninety six percent of the protest from quarantine error, from the social injustice, from post George Floyd. 96% were peaceful. So because he's watching Fox News and he sees it on a loop, the 4% on a loop, that leads to this narrative of how he feels. Yeah, and, and Fox News is supposed to be Blue Lives Matter pro cop. 138 officers got injured. Why is that being thrown under the rug? Y'all told me Blue Lives Matter. Because most of those officers were, were people that don't look like Jack Del Rio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they're in D.C. and They don't know about D.C. until they showed up. And they realize, oh, there's a lot of brown people out here. There's a lot of black and brown people wearing badges out here. Yeah, I saw a tweet two days ago saying uh, certain groups of people are defending a coup against the country uh, more than they tried to, uh, more than they wanted to for a black president who was trying to get free health care for everybody. Agreed. Yeah, it's it's so ass backwards when you look at it in hindsight. It's like, yo, there really is a large sect of this country because I'm tired of people saying, oh, it's just a few. It's a large part of this country. It's a silent majority that clearly move in that way. And they're, they're afraid to say with their chest because they know they're going to ch- get chastised. So what they do is they go on group chats, they go on Reddit, they go on the timeline. They do burners accounts. And then when they go in the voting booth, they vote for their mans in them. And it's usually red all the way down the line. And that's where, to me, it's like Jack DeRio got fined 100 grand. Me and you both talked before we started recording. Like, that's light to him. That's nothing. He's, he's an NFL lifer, went to USC. This guy's got bread. He's been making bread a long time. 100K fine is nothing for him. It's not the deep. fact that that you that that's the only punishment, I guess, if, you, if that's what the league's gonna call it, the team fined him a hundred grand. I guess Godell wants no parts of it because he's too busy maybe preparing to go to Congress because of the same Washington football team. But I just don't understand how they could justify a hundred k fine, and we're gonna forget about this in two weeks. I I mean, a hundred grand is kind of like uh, something to laugh about. He's he he played in a league for eleven years, and then as soon as he retired, that next year he was a coach for the Saints. So it's like, 
hundred thousand is pennies on the dollar. I don't. I, yeah, it's just a safe face for uh, the media. It's just a safe face. I don't. I mean, he's literally literally been coaching for twenty years. Yeah, after an eleven year stint. Yeah. There. So thirty one years of NFL checks. A hundred k ain't doing shit. A hundred k doesn't mean anything. His net worth is eighty five million. <laughs> I mean, eighty five million. A hundred k though, because you call the insurrection a dust up. A, uh, a coup. A coup. A coup d'état. It's a, uh, I, that's why I like using that word because I literally have not had to use that word since high school. <laughs> I haven't had to use that word since high school. And in January 6th, I said, oh shit, that's that word from social studies, coup d'état. <laughs> these motherfuckers is wowing going to the Capitol. So, look, I think game five is going to be one of those ones. We did a lot of NFL here as well. So you're getting your full fix. Uh, check for Corey on the Not That Serious podcast. Um, it's a good podcast. They're doing numbers on social media on various platforms. So salute to them and tap into the work that they're doing. Uh, thank you, for thank you, Corey, for pulling up. Give me one last prediction. I know you, I know you think it's the Celtics, but is it Celtics in six or Celtics in seven? I'm going to go with the Celtics in six. Okay, you heard it. So if, if you want to roast him, if the Dubs come back and win this, I'll have his uh, Twitter in the podcast description, description as well. So I'd like to thank Corey for the Not That Serious podcast for pulling up. Game five tomorrow night. So that means you'll get a pod on Tuesday. For the Sam D podcast, I'm the Sam D. I'm out.